Hello, boys and ghouls, and welcome to another Halloween edition of Cult Film and Review. Tonight, the spirits have awoken, and they're here to destroy your family. There's nothing that you can do when you're dealing with a poltergeist. So let's start the show. Your Hollywood system stole our sex and co-opted our violence, so there's nothing left for our kinds of movies. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> Where in the hell are we? Want a day? If I want your opinion, I'll beat it out of you. This whole thing is turned into a theatrical mockery. You understand that, Mike? Stop eating my sesame cake. I'm so sure. Just look like you like me, and let's stand on. No. Wolfman's gone that's just like uh, your opinion, man. What did I say? No jelly roll. I get older, they stay the same age. You can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it. Hey guys, thanks for joining the cult tonight. We really appreciate it. Uh, happy October. Finally, we're Woo! here. Favorite time of year. We're not wooing. Ooh, that was a ghost. Woo. That was a ghost. Woo. Thank being, you for the ghost. We're woo. being ghosts. Do us a favor. Go to <laughs> iTunes. Leave us a review. Make sure you write a review though, so that we know who you are, so we can give you a shout out. We have one to do tonight. Oh, shout yeah. out. And uh, there was a couple people who did leave us reviews. Uh, they left a star reviews for those people. Also, thank you. Everything like that does help us. Uh, we just can't give Climb you those ranks, right? a verbal shout out by your name because we can't Can see. Can we guess it? Scott, good job, Scott. Three, Monica? <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> but do that. And then when you're done... Uh, you know, before we were telling you to go everywhere, right? We're telling you to go to YouTube and go to Redbubble and all this stuff to find our stuff. Uh, and even for requests, we've asked you last episode to send us an email. Uh, we've made everything easier, guys. We've put everything up on the website now. So if you want to see our, our, our series that we got going on, The Basement with Steve, our intern, you can check that out on cultfilmandreview.com. If you want to see uh, my video, if you want to see Video Store Dropout, you can see that on cultfilmandreview.com. If you want to shop cult film merchandise, just go to coldfilmreview.com. It's that simple, guys. Before we talk about Poltergeist, I need to introduce these guys. As always, I am joined by Kyle Smith. Hey, how's it going? Chris Wilmbrecht. Hey, what's up? And Michael Salustio. Hello, everybody. Tonight we're talking about Poltergeist. It was directed by Toby Hooper. Came out in 1982. Had a budget of $10.7 million. Made $121.7 million in the box office was filmed here in the U.S., and has the rating of PG. Hmm. Cody, this was your pick. Why'd you pick this film? Well, I'm glad you asked, Kyle. Uh, it's our Halloween... Uh, it's our uh, Extravaganza, is that what we call it? Halloween season. Season, yeah, we've called it extravaganza in the past. Uh, this is the one time a year where we can kind of deviate from the cult film genre, and pitch, pick. What are you talking about? We're always deviating <laughs> from the cold film genre. <laughs> so, I know, but this is like the one time we've made it okay and official. We have an excuse. Okay. In our favor. And we just pick horror movies, and we get to review horror movies. And uh, in not only just horror movies, but I would say easily in my top five films of all time for me, Poltergeist is in there. Okay. Right, give um, your rating away. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's that early. But uh, there's no, don't get me wrong. There's things I don't like about this film. Mystery. I, I, I can't <laughs> wait to misdirection it out. right there. Cliffhanger. Ooh. 
But um, this movie scared me so bad when I was a kid and gave me nightmares. And it's always stuck with me. And it's never left my mind. And I love ghost stories. And this is a scary, cool ghost movie. And sometimes, you know, a lot of times with ghost movies, you don't get that. You know what I mean? You get some, like, cheesy shit or you get, like, you know, some found on video footage shit or, you know what I mean? You don't actually get, like, a cinematic experience like you get. Not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. With, with Poltergeist. So, um, I wanted to bring the original 1982 Poltergeist uh, for my Halloween pick because I thought, you know what? I want to see where everybody else stands on this film, too. You know? So, let me ask this question. Who here hasn't seen this before? Anyone? Yep. Anyone? Good. I think we're good. When did you first see it, it, Kyle? I, uh, I, I, uh, so for I don't remember the first time I saw the movie all the way through, but I remember the first time I saw uh, clips from this movie. Um, it was actually uh, Chris might remember it was a family vacation. We all went to Florida, and I broke my arm on that yeah. trip. <laughs> um, so after they took me to the hospital, I was out, and then I came to in in the bedroom, and the fucking clown scene. At the end, when it comes to life and starts strangling uh, uh, Robbie, was on, and I was terrified. I found the clicker, I hit the power button, and then for the rest of that night, I was convinced the little closet area in the corner next to the sink of the uh, Best Western had a clown stand sitting in it. <laughs> terrified the fuck out of me. Oh, I'm scared of clowns. How how old were you? Shit, that was so. I broke my arm between third and fourth grade. So do the math. Eight. Seven? Yeah, I was probably like, I was probably around the same age yeah. when I saw this film. Chris, when did you first see it? Right around that age as well, around eight, probably eight or nine. Was um, it in Florida? It was not in Florida. Okay. <laughs> it was not in Florida. Um, it was, it's a PG rated film, so it's something that I was allowed to rent in the, out of the horror aisle. <laughs> and, and not to mention, like, the artwork just definitely draws you in on this film, especially as a little kid. So I was always like, oh my gosh, what's that? Um, and you know, I, I think I had heard around like what, what it was, it was a ghost, ghost story movie. And finally I just rented it and, and watched it. And I was definitely scared. Mike. I think my mom used to like play this movie as a lullaby when I was like two or something. <laughs> I, there is not, there is not a memory early enough that I don't remember this film in my life. Like I remember watching this film like as early as maybe five years old. Mm-hmm. And just constantly watching it, like it was just one of those films I would ask my mom to put in a VCR. Yeah, I like think, it was Ninja Turtles or something. Dude, shit. I think I, <laughs> I, I, it was something. So I watched this movie twice, and this is one thing I want to talk about too. Is I think I created that. I watched it once by myself, and I watched it with my son. Yeah, it was four. There you go, start him <laughs> early. Yeah. So we can already talk about the parenting choices, not only in my life yeah. but also in <laughs> this movie. But no, because uh, of the same reason. It's a PG film. I've watched it, and I was like, you know what? Um, he might find this tame for somewhat of today's standards. I don't know. Let me ask this. Is is this uh, before the PG-13 rating really I, I took believe off? this does exist be- before PG-13. Because there's weed smoking in this movie. There's drug there's, use. There yeah, is. There's maybe brief nudity. There's blood. There's, there's blood. There's, there's corpses. Versus, yeah. There's, corpses. There's, yeah, there's frightful terror. But, but, there's ripping of, of a face off. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, and so it had to be before the PG-13 rating. This would probably have gotten a PG-13. I think if so. If that rating existed, yeah. yeah. Oh, I would agree Which with that. Which is funny. Every time I hear that this movie's PG, but I'm wait. just kind of like, I mean, yeah. I guess, but 
It's still scary. Like, as a kid, it's funny. As a kid, I always associated things that frightened me with an R rating. You know, like, there wasn't a whole lot of things. There are very rare films that were, like, G or PG that actually, like, frightened me. You know, so when I think of this being PG, it just confuses just, me. Just to clear up this, uh, 1984 is when PG-13 became came into play. And uh, go figure, it was another, I think, Spielberg movie, wasn't it? Temple of Doom? Didn't he do Temple of Doom? Yeah. Yes. Um, so that movie was got a PG rating and parents were outraged by it. So and, and, the, and so Red Dawn was the first movie that actually got a PG-13 <laughs> rating. Huh. Um, or the utilized the PG-13 rating. So I... Poltergeist would have certainly got a PG-13, I think, if it was two years later. Yeah, if parents would have been more yeah. organized in 82 as they were in 87. Here's, here's the thing. Or I like prefer four. I, I and I have I have somewhat of a reasoning for it, and we can kind of get into it now. I prepped Evan before this movie watching it, and I, I told him, I was like, hey man, you know, I didn't I didn't tell him about the clown. Um I didn't tell him about the the face. Um, but I was like I was like, hey, man, there's this movie's pretty scary. It scared me really bad when I was a kid. Uh, just so you know, before we go into this, like, you know, a kid gets eaten by a tree and, like, some, you know, it, and it, it's about. Son, son yeah. Groot's real scary in this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, let's do, let's do it. And then at the end of the movie, he at the end of the movie, after it was over, I was like, how'd you like the movie, buddy? He's like, it was good. I was like, was it scary? And he's like, no, nah, it wasn't too scary. Wasn't even shook, and I have, I have two, I have two beliefs on. I have two ideas on this of why he wasn't shook, uh, and it was in watching him watch it uh, and upbringing, is my is my thing on this. Now let me ask you this: Were you guys raised in a religious household? Uh, no, like how really. religious? Yeah, like they. Your family went to church every once in a while. You knew who you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Okay. okay. Yes. So my son's not, right? right? Because I am no longer, you know, a religious person. Um, so and you know, his he I mean, he has Judaism, but he's not he doesn't like understand he's too it. He's young yet. right now, yeah. he doesn't know. And I came to the thing of like where I was like he was watching it and he kept on asking me when things would move and stuff like that, like, what's happening? He didn't understand the concept of a ghost. Right, right. Right. You just what, taught your you just taught your kid that what a ghost is whatsoever like he didn't understand he saw ghostbusters die they don't actually die (laughs) they haunt you for years to come but it is a different kind of ghost shit around he's seen like he's seen (laughs) ghostbusters grandpa's still good (laughs) he's seen the ghostbusters and understands that where you know when i was brought up like eight or nine like my family was like southern baptist man like wait hold on on. so what you're saying is the fear what you're saying is let's bring this home being 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 (laughs) raised in a semi-religious household the fear of death and ghosts and spirits was instilled upon you was real to me was real to you was real to me because yeah so seeing this film struck a chord in you of fear that you know that was already like a part of you like i want to say I think the reason is because my mother used to say things like, be good or Freddy will get you after I, making me watch Nightmare on Elm Street. That's where your fears came from? Like, no. I, I, <laughs> what I guess I'm saying is, like, did your parents, like, look at horror films? Yes. Like, so my parents, yes, as looked evil. at like, as evil. pop culture yes. things that like, but dude, existed in real life somehow. Dude, like, my mom used to do if, that shit all the time. If I were to, uh, to this day, I have never used a Ouija board because I was, gr- the way I was raised 
was that if you use a Ouija board, that's how you let the devil you're inviting it in into you. You're yeah. inviting it in. You know I used to Ouija board. I used to Ouija board once. Brothers. Yeah. Maybe it's I used to Ouija board <laughs> once, and the power in my house went out, and because kids were going down the street hitting the power box at the same time. Uh, <laughs> what are the chances? Fucking right? odds. <laughs> I was not allowed to read Harry Potter because magic. Oh, you're oh, you're in one of those families. You seem, was part yeah, of the you devil. a little bit more religious than the three of us. It's interesting though that you would you would that that's where that fear would stem from. But from, but for, I, for I, you, I, yeah. but I also like just watching him watch it and him knowing that he has no. I mean, obviously his his concept of death is not. You know, he doesn't fully understand it. He's four years old. I get that. Yeah, I think I'm saying how he reacted to it at a young age versus how I reacted to it at a young age. But it's insane to me. Here's the it difference. blows my here's mind. The diff- here's the difference. Here's the difference. Here's the difference. Yes, that's what I was going to bring up. You saw it later in life. You showed it to him really young. Young, like when you're four years old, you don't. Most four year olds don't really have these bigger concepts. Yeah. They don't. They don't have when you're when you you get closer to when you get past seven and get into eight, nine, ten. You've experienced a little more world. You've experienced family members passing away. You've experienced but, death on a real wait, level. You know I will what? also I'm... say this, though. Okay. Uh, <laughs> real quick. He, he, sorry, he has grown up, don't get me wrong, he has grown up on Goosebumps and, like, other scary films, you know, Ghost, Ghostbusters and stuff like that. So, so you just desensitized him early as fuck. Like, the, he's not, I don't know I wouldn't say that, desensitized, but he, because he gets, he's When's still... Solo. Yeah, <laughs> next week. Hey, kids, sit uh, down. Um, so this movie's a little creepy. Yeah, but it's poop eating. There's a lot of poop, <laughs> a lot of sleeping, a lot of eating. sodomy, and they uh, burn a nipple off at the end. But like he's he 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 likes he does like scary. Don't get me wrong, he does like scary stuff. But as far as like effects level and stuff like what came out in '82 and what they were able to do and stuff like the Goosebumps television series uh, is is not. That far off. Concept is far off. Concept, yes. Concept and tone is far off. Tone of Goosebumps, while they were really fucking good, the show, they, they did a good job trying to make that scary. Yeah. It was, it still had the tone of the kid adventure film. So they didn't have, there was never, I, I never, I can't distinctly remember ever feeling like there was a true sense of danger and loss. In this film, I feel like there is a, there are there are heavier odds against them. There there There's actual like, they could lose and actually lose their lives well, in this battle. I think you know why that is, and it's because this movie does such a great job of telling both the parents' side of it and the kids' side of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, when the parents were on the screen, Eben could care less. You put those kids on the screen, that kid was sucked in, yeah. man. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Like, sucked in. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, well, it's show, more show, relatable. Show it to but... him again when he's eight. Give him, do another oh, four years and see what happens. I know. Yeah. I feel like he, I think he liked it enough. It's going to be like Mike was saying. It was. It's going to be one of those movies that he's like, hey, Dad, can we watch Poltergeist? Maybe that, maybe it does have to do with age. Because you're right. Be. Like, now you're saying that, like, now you're saying it, it's like, oh, yeah, wait, I was Evan at that time. I yeah. was like, yeah, not really. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah the clown's kind of scary, I guess. Like yeah. that was kind of how I, was I watched them. Watch... You don't have a concept of what of fear, even of scary. Of, no, but of, I was scared shitless know. of The Exorcist, and my mom showed me that. Well, how old were you when you watched Nightmare... that? Same age. My mom showed me like Exorcist, Nightmare. On if Elm I didn't see there's a difference between Exorcist and Poltergeist, other than some of the obvious like tonal choices and con- and like content, uh-huh. um, Exorcist for me, like a lot of the things that scare me, um, especially when I was a child, was the things that were unnatural about it like her like the way her flesh changed throughout the thing like her physical appearance is so abnormal and not human 
And I think that is like almost a, that's also an area that just kind of disturbs almost at a, on a deeper level because like the Exorcist has a har- a harshness to it. Um, like it's very aggressive in its sound. It's very aggressive in its in the character of Reagan in the violence of the of the film and the possession. Whereas like this one has that soft Spielbergy like it feel. Plays, it plays very the camera is very smooth. The music very much tells the story of what's going on. It's not on. as contrasty. That's for it, sure. It's not like contrasty. It it's not. It's not that like punch you in the face kind of scare. It's like it, that build of suspense and, you know, that like getting you there and getting you there until like or, the, fi- the finale. I think a lot of it, too, is positional. Like, you know what I mean? Where you put yourself in like, oh, my God, if, what if I was in their position? A lot with this movie. Mm-hmm. You know well, what that's mean? what I was going to say. Like you were saying, the scary part of this for you comes from the religious aspect. And the scary part of this for me comes from the suburban aspect of this film. The fact that it feels like a neighborhood that we've all seen, maybe some of us have lived in neighborhoods that look like this, that it takes, it's the same reason paranormal activity works. You know what I mean? It's because it feels like a place that's very normal. And this crazy occurrence happens within this house to this normal family. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, and it, and it makes it almost feel like, like the exorcist, like this could happen to anyone. Like you don't really feel it, figure out what the rhyme or reason is to it until you know, the end of this film when it's revealed that, you know, where it's all built above a, a cemetery, you know, and these are spirits that are pissed off. Um, I don't know why that house particularly attacks. I'm guessing because the mom has a psychic connection and maybe the daughter does too uh, that, in a weird sense, it, like a weird it, way. We'll, yeah, we'll get into that. I know. Oh, yeah. I, I have the say, answer. I, I, I can't wait until we get to after the break when we get into the movie. Can I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I know. I was, I was, I was 20 I, minutes yeah. already. <laughs> you know what's really funny? I was about to say, too, I was about to say this. For those of you who uh, haven't seen the film and maybe wondering what it's about and are still listening, <laughs> it's time for Plots with Mike. Uh, Poultry Guys. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, uh, it a uh, uh, family, they live in, what's the name? It's like something Grove or something. Really, really happy town. Yeah, it's a suburb, Casa del Rio or something. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, it's a they it's live a nice in phase little, one. They nice do live little, in phase one. Yeah, nice little suburb, little nice little burg. And um, the guy, the father that lives there, the patriarch, uh, he works kind of for the development, right? Like he kind of sells these houses and stuff like that. And he's living in like uh, you know his own development essentially, right? And um, he's there just kind of briefly, I think. Right? Is that the understanding? No, he's he no. was the first one there. The first one he was there. The first one like there. some okay. of the longest right, right, right. Yeah. living people there. Okay, so yeah, so they're staying there, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the daughter starts acting real strange, and you know they kind of pass it off at first, and then they start seeing some really crazy shit, like things moving around, and uh, their daughter actually moving around without anyone pushing her. Uh, all kinds of weird stuff. So they um, kind of, you know, uh, they spend the night. Uh, the next night. Uh, it gets a lot more violent and Caroline goes missing and the family really starts realizing that maybe this is an evil apparition, some kind of thing. Uh, they need to go get help. So they go after some ghost hunters to kind of come check out the, the, the premises to prove that they're not crazy, but also to like, really their main concern is to find their daughter, find Caroline that's been missing that they know is still alive because she's speaking through to them through the television. And, uh, that's pretty much, uh, you know, the story becomes poltergeist from there. <laughs> there you have it, guys. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk more about the poltergeist. Freeland, we'll record any psychotronic energy or event. Yes, Ryan photographed an extraordinary episode on a case in Redlands. That's right. 
It was a child's toy. A very small matchbox vehicle just rolled seven feet across a linoleum surface. The duration of the event was seven hours. Seven hours for what? For the vehicle to complete the distance. Of course, this would never register on the naked eye. But I have it recorded on time-lapse camera. It's fantastic. So first thing I want to get into is the, I think, the biggest controversy of this film. Okay. Let's hear it. Let's hear what which, you think. Which is not the, is this film cursed? Not that one. We'll get into that one probably at the end here. Ooh. But, um, which is, who directed this movie? Oh, Was yeah. it Toby Hooper or Steven Spielberg? <laughs> contractually. Contract, oh, I can't say that word. Contractually. Thank yeah. you. Uh, Steven Spielberg could not work on this film uh, because he was directing E.T. at the time and couldn't direct another picture at the same time. Uh, yet he could write, produce. Um, I don't know what else he did. On I think I, the shots. I, I, from I, the I think I saw lines. his name on under like the effects credits as well. Like it's <laughs> the puppeteering credits. Yeah, it's literally everywhere. And from what I understand, he was very hands on and was on set pretty much every day. Mm-hmm. So here's a here's here's the thing I'm going to reveal. I until about a year ago when this whole who directed this film story came out and people were like, well, no, Spielberg maybe did the whole thing. Um, I didn't even know fucking Toby Hooper directed this. Like, it never dawned on me. I've known this film all my life. I always just assumed Spielberg had directed it. And then when I heard the name, I was just like, you know what? It, it's weird because I've never actually took the time in my youth to be like, maybe I should IMDB Toby Hooper. Right. To see, like, what his entire thing is and then be surprised when I found out it was Poltergeist. I, it's just yeah. one of these things where... Every time I watched Poltergeist, I just assumed it was Spielberg and never thought to say, who directed this film? I never assumed, I, you know, I never th- thought it was one was one director or another. But I never, that being said, never in my wildest imagination did I think this was a Toby Hooper film. Absolutely. Like, if somebody came and said, that's not a Spielberg film, and I'd be, I would be like, okay, oh, yeah, ro- right, Ron Howard. <laughs> well, here's, you know? here's but I, it's not even him. Amongst the Toby Hooper films, like I mean, does the does he have a style that's recognizable? Like Spielberg obviously does. I that's I, I don't thing. know that Toby Hooper does have a recognizable style as a director. Yeah, but it's definitely not the style of another man. He, while well, <laughs> I was saying this earlier, he he, if if Spielberg wasn't right there, you know, calling most of the shots and approving most of what was going on. Toby Hooper is a damn good copycat, and he should make all of his films that way because... No, well, yeah. not all of his films. Come on. <laughs> well, I mean, what I'm saying is the, the, level, the level that this movie's at is pretty impressive, and I don't know why that didn't really carry on in any of Toby Hooper's other movies. Here's, here's the other argument I will give on it, too, where I think this is a Spielberg film, and, and that comes down to dollar-dollar bills, y'all. Not that I don't like Toby Hooper as a director in the films that I, I will say he actually directed, because I'm, I'm on the side that he didn't direct this. Um, this movie cost $10 million to make. It made... A hundred and twenty one million dollars. Okay. Um, if a movie is that big and you're the director of a movie that hits that big, they're they're fucking throwing money at you for your next project. Hold on, I want to shoot a hole in this theory. You can try. 
The only reason I can even imagine that they put Toby Hooper's name as an interim director and fake this whole weird conspiracy that we might have here that Spielberg directed this is because his name actually did have some weight to it because he directed Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That is a good point. So I don't I, I don't believe a world where Hollywood takes a risk by putting yeah. his name on this film and then says, well, but actually having him direct a film is too much of a risk. I actually kind of don't buy that. I think that Toby Cooper, but they would have given him a let, lot of the, a lot just, of money. Let's just say he's on set and he's a fucking wreck and he can't handle this movie. Well, then that's different, then, though. That, that sounds more like... And that gets out. They're not going to give him the money. Okay, but that's a different story, though. That's like you're saying that maybe... They had every intention of Toby Hooper directing this thing. He came on, and he was an absolute disaster. And then they were like, okay, well, we can't have Spielberg do it, but maybe Spielberg can come in and, you know, Joss Whedon this thing. Can I just say, like, Steven Spielberg is, like, the writer of this movie. He's obviously he, he's obviously very close to this project. I agree. So right. I think no matter who the fuck they put in this position to direct, quote-unquote, direct this movie, Spielberg was making sure this shit was coming out the way yeah, he but, wanted yeah, it to. Yeah. Spielberg has directed, uh, has produced a number of film or films after this that don't have that, the same. That, that yeah. he came up with a story on and that he did all like a lot of the footwork on. I mean, okay. I think that I'll, I'll might be, that. That might be that. the difference. I think that. this okay. might've been like, this might've been a passion project for him. Uh, I do see the angle of, well, Spielberg might not have as much clout as a horror movie director at the time, so maybe having Toby Hooper come in and do it was like, well, we can we can count on getting a horror movie director to kind of drive that home. But again, to Chris's point, I think it's it doesn't less... matter if Ron Howard okay. was brought in; Spielberg still would have been like the backseat director. Okay, uh, yeah, a hundred percent. And and when you watch this movie, like, I mean, I just, I just the visual aspect of it screams everything that was Steven Spielberg at From this time. the opening shot <laughs> everything to the end. The opening shot opens up on the neighborhood and I'm just like this is a Spielberg shot. Yeah, it looks like an E.T. neighborhood or yes. something. I mean, I, I, I'll, there are a few shots that I, I, I disagree with. I didn't see Spielberg and those were mostly effect, practical I agree with that. Shots. Okay. No, I agree with you 100% like the face with that. tearing off, it doesn't look like anything nope. that I've seen The closet Spielberg. pop out. The closet pop out, the stake going across. Like these special effect shots are done with almost a sense of, I got a sense of almost, like, carelessness to them. Like, hmm. here's a steak moving across the countertop. It's not really shot with, I wouldn't call that a Spielberg look. It's just a hard light. It's just a hard shot. It's a static. There's nothing interesting going on in the background, the foreground, the way anything's staged. Hmm. And same thing with the, even when he's tearing his face off. I mean, yeah. it's really just we're looking at a reverse shot of a mirror and the guy going you know what I said? to town on his on, face. On those scenes? So, oh, we really got the second unit in on here. <laughs> That's what I said. It's true. Hold on, it's wait, true. wait, wait, wait. I don't know if I agree with this. Like, I've seen Raiders of the Lost Ark. I don't remember that. The guy's face melts. That's practical. No, no, I know, but you're no, saying the level of the. I'm of saying. The I'm way saying. It you think it's done. the, the, I'm the saying sheer the, No, I think it? you misunderstood me. Okay. I said that those are the shots in this movie that don't feel Spielberg. Right, but what I'm saying that I'm saying, but the, the face melting scene at the end of Raiders is. Similar to the yeah. face ripping off scene, and and Spielberg directed Raiders. I would say the the face ripping off scene in this movie is the most Toby Hooper feeling thing in this movie. No, no, no. yeah, I understand that, but I'm just saying right. that like I don't think it's so like. What do you? What do? You, wait, I don't. I don't understand your angle. You're arguing right now. I, you I, don't think it's so set apart from the rest of the film that you 
you wouldn't think Spielberg wouldn't or I guess I'm yeah I guess I'm what I'm trying to say is I I do see what you're saying about there was a visceralness to the face ripping scene yes. in the thing where I was kind of like it feels like something Tobey Hooper would do but then also it's something where I'm thinking like yeah it's also something Spielberg could totally do if he wanted to yeah yes. but there, and there, it would come out of his mind and he'd be like I did this thing and people would be like wow that was the grotesque I, f- I, I you know? feel like the way that the face melting scene is presented in in Raiders of the Lost Ark is has a much different tone and feel and even like direction to it I mean mm-hmm. it's still kind of a similar shot but the two feel like worlds apart, you know, in terms of like how it's lit, how how it's acted, how grandiose it it feels, how like that the the guys framed up with like a really interesting shit in the background happening. Like there's a lot of like critical and like analytical planning. I feel like between the two shots, when this one it just looks like we throw a red light on a guy, static camera mm-hmm. on a reflection. And the guy goes down digging off like a bit, uh, I, kind of a cheesy prosthetic. Yeah, can I just say that that was my probably least favorite effect in this movie? Oh, I, oh not mine. Not your least favorite. That f- for me, I was like, dude, this looks like a a mask. It, like it looks painful. When I was a kid, like a it would scare yeah. the shit yeah. out of me. Yeah. When I was a kid, that scene really hit home. But let me tell you what hits home about that scene, though. It's the it's the gloppy goop hitting the sink. Yes. It's not the yeah. actual face. It's the shit hitting the sink. Yeah. As it's melting. And here's what, this is where I kind of want to... So if we're going to make a distinction about where we think we fall, like on this, the one that sells me on the Spielberg thing is not so much that there are, like, shots... I, like, I guess it's possible that Toby Hooper, sh- like, shot some scenes. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely right. he did. Of yeah, right, yeah, of course. We, sure. we are establishing, like, he, it's not like he walked into a trailer and, no. like, we never saw him. No, I think, I think he think did touch him. But there are definitely some shots in this film that... To me, are like there's no fucking way Toby Hooper shot this. Yeah, right. I think that. <coughs> oh, sorry, I just like choked <laughs> to okay, that for okay. a second there. Um, I didn't mean to cut you off that violently. Um, what I what but I was still gonna cut you I'm off. I'm <laughs> sorry. Also, shut the fuck up. Also, shut the fuck up. Still stop you dead in your tracks, there, buddy. Um, no, I was the thing. I'm gonna say like this is how I kind of took this film, and maybe this is going along with what you're saying. But for me, it looks like I took the film as Toby Hooper was present. Toby Hooper planned the shots. Spielberg said was on the shoulder being like, maybe if you did it like this instead. What do you think about that? Okay. And I want to like, talk about one specific Sometimes scene. it was a strong <laughs> it suggestion. It was always a good idea. Sometimes it's not <laughs> such a strong there's suggestion. Some, there's a feel in this film and I think it's it's like almost I wouldn't say uniquely like Spielbergian. I hate to use that weird made up word. But like it, it comes from this era of filmmakers like so like it's it's Nowadays, I was watching this film, and I was thinking about how, like, nowadays in horror films, they take, if there's, like, a like a clue or something to somebody's character, they make a big, like, point to edit that and make it the focal point of something. Mm-hmm. Spielberg does this thing where he, like, everything is off to the sides of the shot. And I'll, I'll give you an example, right? Like, so... One of the biggest fears of this film is, well, if I think anything is scary, is like the acting is really visceral, right? Mm. Like I feel like the mother loses her daughter, and I feel, and they do these weird things, like when they pull the thing off of what they think is Carol Ann, and then it's the teddy bear or whatever the, the clown. The clown. Yeah. Um, she laughs. Her first response is to laugh, which is a very weird, yeah, uh, like but o- almost more realistic response. But like, there's a scene actually where you see like 
there's a joke where like the kids are counting uh, the storm for the first night, yeah. and then they end up in the parents' bed. Mm-hmm. I right? love that cut. It's a great cut, yeah. but also there's a shot that like really brings like this closeness of a family together, and it's something that's so unique that I think only a, maybe like a parent would actually understand. Caroline's hand is on her mother's face, like draped across, draped it. over, and it's this thing that gives you a giggle, but there's no way you're catching it unless you're paying attention, right? But you laugh because it's something that's. It felt too real. It's too <laughs> fucking real, right? Like you know that that shit happens, mm-hmm. and that's something that I feel like Spielberg's good at in in a in a movie that was directed by Michael Bay. The shot is close up of the girl's hand hitting the mother in the face and the mother making some weird reaction like waking up. Right. And like, isn't it funny? Hey, parents, don't you all know? Yeah. Spielberg does this thing where he puts things to the side and he lets the whole scene speak for itself. Like, he'll take a wide shot and there's a lot of shit going on. I don't think Toby Hooper, to sum up, I don't think Toby Hooper is capable of that. He also moves the camera a lot within the scene. Yes. Like, like, it, like that's what really sold me on that this was Spielberg was the fact that you'd started on a close up and then camera would slowly pull out to a, like a bird's eye view and yeah. then you'd think it something would happen but it didn't and then it would start pushing in on another area of the room and like the way the story's told with that camera it's like super intelligent and we've seen we've seen this many times in his films like here's the thing here's another thing too like um so as a kid, I never got this. Got it this time. It's the weed smoking scene. Yeah. Right? I never knew that, like, they were smoking weed. Like, as a kid, I just didn't understand what the fuck was going on. Yeah. Same but here. there's some unique things in that scene that I totally also didn't notice, is this idea that the you get this impression real quickly that the mother is this free-spirited woman, mm-hmm. and the father is kind of lacing it, his shit down. Yeah. And is she smoking weed? She's the only one, really, that you ever actually see take a puff, right? Yeah. And the father is reading a whole documentary about how great Reagan is. He's also rolling the joint. He's also failing at rolling the joint. He can't roll it. And he throws it at her. He throws it at her to roll it for him. Oh, gotcha. That's a thing that's also like a very unique thing that you saw in the 80s, but you don't see nowadays. Mm -hmm. Like they hit the characterization over the head. With this, like you have to really be paying attention to be like, okay, I'm getting a feel that the father is kind of falling into this conservative attitude, but the mother is actually fighting against this in a weird way. You get a but lot they of still info, love info. one another. Yeah. But she kind of, and she makes a point to say that somewhere in well, the film. Even, I, nev- I never even... feel like, sorry to cut you off, but I never feel like their marriage is in turmoil or failing. No, never. no not at all. Yeah, which no, I like, no point because in time. they're, they're kind of different. No you point know? in time. Yeah. But she does seem to resent his job at one point in time, I think is the conversation she has with him. There's a real quick line where she's, she kind of resents like, you had to go work with the fucking man kind of thing. Mm. And he kind of, you can tell. She when says, she remember starts, when you had an open mind when you were young, when yes, we first met? Like that's that, it. Yeah, when they're in the kitchen. And, and you can yeah. tell he's resenting the fact that, like, when he's like, oh, I got to show you this thing. And he sees, like, the drawing on the ground that he gives this look of kind of like, oh, here's my wife doing that fucking weird Burning Man bullshit again. You know, like, <laughs> here she is fucking, let's go to Sedona and get some crystals. You know? <laughs> Very, I don't know. You can see agey, it's, but it's yeah. a, it's not enough to think that there's a dire problem. No, but it's enough to give you an idea of what's going on in their which, marriage without saying anything. Which also leads leads me to my favorite acted scene in this film, and my new favorite f- scene in this film. Uh, you know, watching it as an adult, it is when after they slide Carol Ann across the floor. Which great parenting choice. This is the first parenting choice where I'm like, really, guys, we're gonna put the 
The kid with the with the ghost. They okay. put a helmet on her. All right, here we go. So weird. Yeah. I love that she's just talking about pieces. <laughs> when they, I do too. Uh, when they run over to the neighbor's house to see if they've had any disturbances and the mosquitoes are eating them. Yeah. And she has like, she finally says it. Like, have you guys had any disturbances? And like, slaps her face. Yeah. To, to slap a mosquito. But the both of their acting when they're like they're calling him by his la- the neighbor by his last name and they're like Ben and then they start laughing <laughs> ner- like cracking nervously up. because they're like this is fucking insane what is happening in our house yeah. is insane they, yeah how do we talk to anybody about this rationally right right yeah exactly you know? and you get that sense of like they're losing they're they're losing their shit because one's super excited about it the other is like. No Not one, as excited. No one goes in the kitchen until and, like, I yeah. know what's Freaked going out. on. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like this great, it is a great continuation of that and this great setup. Well, I just want to say their their dynamic um, throughout the whole movie is is just fantastic because, you know, they don't always make it about the mom and they don't always make it about the dad. They I feel like they both get equal amount of time to prove their loyalty to their family and they come together a lot in this film like we're gonna i'm staying with you no you go no i'm staying with you you know like there's this unity even though Mm -hmm. like again going back to what mike was saying about the differences that they have and they they bring up their past and how you know whatever but but like yeah like the fact that their daughter is missing they like band together and like essentially go crazy you know together can i just say though you brought this up and about watching it now as an adult and can i just say like watching it this time around the acting and the performances like stood out more than any any special effects, and, and I had like there were scenes where I was like fucking moved by it. And I was Me like, too. man, I never yes. noticed. It. Like when when um, I'm getting chills thinking about it right now. There's the scene when they have the uh, the paranormal investigators over, and they're talking for the first time to Caroline, and the mom's like breaking down, and it's a mixture of crying and yeah. happiness, and they're having this real deep moment. Like that fucking got me choked up. I was like, oh, holy man. shit, this movie's never made me like this emotional before and there was like subtle choices that i never noticed either and and the one that just is burned in my head is like when 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 they come out of the ceiling and they're laying on the ground and they're both unconscious and like you know craig t nelson's character goes down to grab it and the other guy goes help and he just yells like no like stay away like i'm taking care of this like like and they they had to like talk him down like no we're just trying to help you like You know what I mean? Like shit, like little subtle shit like that was like so impactful this time. Around. I got I even, agree. I got agree. even a littler one in the scene that you're talking about, just with Craig T. So when they are, you know, going to record Carol Ann through the TV, they will get the voice and stuff like that. Um, the mom, you know, says, you know, say hi to daddy, and she says hi to daddy, and uh, Craig T is like, hey, sweet Pete, and turns off the light, and yeah. then kind of oh, lowers yeah. out of the thing. And I don't know what that character choice means. But I'm like, it's super fucking impactful to him for some reason. It I is. I don't know why, because he just looks so, de- he's so defeated at that point. Oh, you want to know what got me choked up? Uh, when the mother goes upstairs with Zelda Rubenstein, and Zelda Rubenstein's telling her to go to the light, and she's and she's crying, and she says, I hate you for making me do mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, 
that like gave me chills. I was like, because I felt the pain of the parent who knew that if she told her child to go to the light, that could mean that she's never coming back. Right. You know, and, and it was just like, Ooh, God, in that that same fucking scene, like, like I just, and it's like, it's such a Han Solo type of type of moment. It's like, don't let go. I won't like, that's mm -hmm. just such a fucking powerful scene this time around. Uh, And then not to downplay either, because in, and this brings me again, back to the Spielberg argument, um, because Spielberg is known for, working with children and working yeah. with children well yeah. and i'll tell you what man there's not a bad kid kid actor in this movie there's uh-huh. really not um uh oh god why am i forgetting his name is it robbie Rob- robbie yeah dude some of his facial expressions got me a little bit and i was like when he's in the tree and he's like looking at the storm coming in i'm just like yeah okay oh, that's the second oh, unit that yeah. shot that one tree, se- tree <laughs> scenes are tree th- scenes are one thing but when, when he's panicking and when he he's knows, panicking yeah. and, and he, he knows, knows she's, she's in the TV. Oh my fucking god! Yes, that's, that, that's, that's, that's how I would react spooky. in like a like if I was a little kid and didn't like. Yeah. Shit, I do that when I have like night terrors and I try to call off or something. That's like the same reaction. You Can't just start screaming out. a name over and over again, yeah. and it's like it's panic. Sound. Of all the scenes that I remember as a kid, like being kind of really scared at, that was the one. Really? Yeah, I don't. You know the noises he's making sounds like a squealing. Dude, the way he's doing it, I, I think it's the realness of. It's so real. The real, yeah. yeah. That's like a type of terror that you're just like, fuck. That terror is so encompassing he can't even function. He yes. can't understand what's happening, and he realizes he can't understand like he what's happening. He's screaming, but he's mm-hmm. not screaming because he can't. <laughs> he's too Can I fucking tell scared. Another thing that makes this. Uh, I don't know if we were even out this far, but makes this movie kind of spooky that a little detail they use that we haven't touched on yet is the dog. Oh, yeah. Like the dog, the dog staring into the corner, staring up at the thing. Like we've all. Like it drops the ball. I feel like this movie might have introduced maybe that idea, or I don't know if this is where that had really been used a lot, like animals being aware of uh, spiritual presence. But yeah, like the dog had a, you know, like to me had a memorable role in this movie. Here's uh, another thing I got to give praise to before I start picking on some of the things I don't like about this film uh, yeah. that I want to talk about is just the overall story itself. What a fucking brilliant layout. Let's you learn this family, lets you care about this family, and slowly brings you in to the terror. Like as things start progressing worse and worse and worse. Doesn't jump right into it. Make sure you care about the characters before you even get yeah. to like anything scary. Uh, wait, no, no, they started they right start off the off bat. Right man. off the bat, with creepy. her fucking talking to a TV. Yeah, but creepy. Yeah, but first five minutes. <laughs> but you're not like. But you know what I mean. You're you're not no, like you're right. They yeah. pace it out right yeah. so that you're not completely like it's little subtle things that and start you happening. Get, uh, there's a lot of like what I like to call like there's definitely a hard false ending in this film where it's like yeah. everything's okay. Yeah, but they make you feel like. Hey, that's not that bad. Just sliding the kid across the floor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the, oh, just yeah. stack the chairs, yeah. and then it's well, like, well, it's well, just like Chris fucking... brought up like subtlety, and that's the thing. Like with characters and establishing who characters are and how the characters interact, even as a family or as with the people around them. Like that, that whole intro scene after she's talking to the TV when the guy's riding down the the riding on the down that flat that bike with the flat tires and the kids fuck yeah. with him with the RC cars is great when Craig uh, is fighting with, with the, the next neighbor. door neighbor with the clickers like what a great way to establish these character arcs in this conflict yeah. without saying anything but having a clicking remote going and off and to you set know up I mean? the suburban uh, yeah, lifestyle even the, little, yeah. even the little scenes with the um, the oldest daughter um, who's barely in the film um, mm-hmm. Dana Dana Dana, 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 Dana uh, who's barely in the film 
Um, she set up brilliantly too. Just the scene where the again the lightning and mm-hmm. Craig T comes to her door and opens it up, sees she's like on the phone. Yeah, and he's like you know, and then closes it. And then opens it back up and like yells at her again. It's yeah. like just you get that okay, this is the teenager. And then the mom yeah. being proud of her when she fucking flips off the 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 mm-hmm. jerk construction oh, workers. Yeah. And yeah. like yeah. there's these great moments of like family. Like it's these subtle moments that feel real and they yes. feel visceral. And it's like it really gets you to these buy people, into the yes. fact that this is a this is a this is a happy functioning family. They built a yeah. world very fast. Like you fell yes. into this family's world very quickly, like within a f- ten minutes. But, you e- know? but this is the same. <laughs> it's the same shit they do in fucking ET. Oh yeah, it's like the same feel you get from ET. <laughs> like you know exactly which each brother and and Drew Barrymore like where they're placing it. You understand the yeah. mother's point of view. Mm-hmm. You understand how everything's going down. And when this alien shows up, like you don't really need to have them explain their motivations because you already know how they're gonna react. Right. right. And like this film is like it's just Does again, that happen in film today? Does there has there a lot not, of films it's not, you can, it's you not can a picture common thing. That, like, I mean I even saw Ready Player One which is Spiel, Spielberg film that didn't have that even have that type of Yeah, it's like I feel like there's a lot of movies from the from the late 80s or 80s and early 90s that were just like these character it's, they're not even character driven but they they're character focused I guess where it's a you 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 get enough subtleties to buy you into the world so that you don't have to be hit over the head why this character is saying this right now yeah. I know why this character is fucking saying this right now I found out why the mom's acting the way she is by how quickly she can roll a joint and it's like okay I'm locked into how that character yeah. that character's mindset and who that is it, it, right it's that it's that scene like I know you made a joke about them not being great parents and stuff like that but like you understand why the mom is doing it yes because you're like well, yeah, she was smoking weed. And she's talking about fucking spiritual shit. Yeah, what yeah. she said when she, she was ten, she had an fucking, experience. Yeah, it's you know? a blessing to her. That's like, why I was we're thinking. Finally, you know, and also the the fact that Carol Ann can only communicate with her mother. That's why I felt like there was some kind of weird, like uh, uh, they were more uh, in tune with maybe like the spiritual realm, which is why Carol Ann was susceptible to like getting, uh, yeah, basically taken. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, there's little things about the mom's character too that, yeah, like. Her excitement when when she when Carolyn first slides across the floor, she does like a jumping jack in the air, like a very playful, you know, like dad was just like stressed out, you know, like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And yeah, it's just these little like interactions between the family who have great chemistry that really make you like go on the journey emotionally with them. And yeah, I found myself getting so choked up at certain scenes in this movie. And I was like, I've never felt emotional really during this movie before, but with the music and the acting and just some of these like breakdown moments. The way the shots are framed, the way they're set up, the the delivery on the setup, it's just, it's all perfect. It, it, It really makes me... You be like emotionally react, which is crazy. I've never had that to to Poltergeist. So, hey guys, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we'll talk more about Poltergeist. These souls, who for whatever reason are not at rest, are also not aware that they have passed on. They're not part of consciousness as we know it. They linger in a perpetual dream state, a nightmare from which they cannot wake. Inside the spectral light is salvation. And we're back. We're talking about Poltergeist. This is my pick, 1982. 121 million in the box. Um, <laughs> I wanted to talk about some of the things I don't like. Chris said that he thought the face-ripping scene is the worst effect in this movie, and I have to strongly disagree. 
the tornado from the Wizard of Oz, the original Wizard of Oz, that comes through uh, <laughs> the sets of Poltergeist and rips up the tree is quite possibly. I was like, really, guys? I think they just copy pasted that tornado Dude, and put I, it into a it, modern it film. It takes me out of the movie so hard. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's pretty. It's bad. a different kind of effect than the. Face it definitely, scene. yeah. It, it for the first time actually watched it. That's that scene did take me out of it. So I was just like, this doesn't fit or make sense what? right now. Like, why is there a tornado? I don't know why it's, they put that in there. It's which is weird tornado. because like another thing too is like the uh, hand, like not the, I, I should call it like the smoke coming out of the screen. And like hovering over the family and stuff like that, like the yeah, yeah. The that's not bad. You think it wasn't that bad? I saw this. It's summer. not as bad as that tornado. I was it's like, I was like, ugh. I was like, ugh. It but does, that, but, but you know, what? in a Disney way, and not like a bad, like <laughs> I, in a in, yeah, it looks in its time way. I right? had to remind myself. You know what? Nineteen eighty-two. That's fine. Right, yeah. but that tornado looks nineteen fifty-two. That that tornado does look nineteen. Going back to the tornado yeah. scene though, like I have a question. How come the parents don't ever question why they watched a tree scoop their child out of a room? They were literally in the room watching the arms come go back out of the window and then they ran out to see a tree gobbling up their child, yet they never address this. What do you mean? I think at this point they, in time they're kind of like yeah because well that's when she uh, goes my daughter I know got that's when she goes missing up. but yeah. yeah they never address the fact that this tree came to life yeah but at that point they know they're messing with something paranormal because the next scene yeah, the next is scene's... is the, <laughs> the next scene is the one that I have a problem with okay, okay go for and it and that's when Craig T Nelson's at the at the college with the parapsychologist with the Ghostbusters B team totally um <laughs> and that room I think they use that in Ghostbusters <laughs> yeah same one and same cards. He's, they're like, you know, they ask, like, so it, you know, has word spread about this at all or anything like that? And he's like, no. And at that point, I'm like, so there's no red flags from you guys that literally this, 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 this family's daughter has disappeared. Um, they haven't reported it to the police. And like, <laughs> This guy looks tired as hell. Yeah, he <laughs> looks like he may have murdered someone at this point because he's just so like out of it. And like, it there's no like to me the more realistic action would be like would would be like to go. Yeah, like did this guy kill his did, daughter? Yes, <laughs> to think. That... Okay, so here's where I think they don't exactly explain exactly how much time is passing, um, but you get an impression of it because his boss actually makes a point to say she hasn't been in. School for a while, yeah, like two so weeks or something. There's yeah. a part where you think that the time that passed could have been months, but I really think it was like a I think it was week. about a week, week and I a half. I think, yeah. I think it was a week. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. So, with that being said, also I kind of feel like, and and I I agree with you that I think it's a little outlandish, and you might have to separate your logic here for a second. <laughs> yeah, you do, you do. But um, the only thing that I gathered was that the family was so certain that they were living with a paranormal situation. That they thought going to the police would do absolutely nothing. Yeah. Which to me is kind of like, I mean, tell the whole world at this point. If you have a room where fucking shit's floating around, w- while you're at it, why not just prove that fucking ghosts exist? You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Like, because it, it, it just seems like no one's going to deny that this is happening. Well, that's what This the... is not like a common ghost story where, it, like, no. Like, oh, I, you know, my kids hear shit, but no one else does. This is like. Yeah. You can literally go into this room right now and see a uh, ghost flying and and playing the records for some reason. Like, yeah. like it's just as a surefire thing. Yes. that I don't understand why they don't just call the cops. Well, the what I mean, 
a what are the cops going to do about that and b shoot and, it and and and, <laughs> and 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 b that i think that was part of why the parapsychologists were there cuz they were collecting the data and bringing it back to i think the university or wherever yeah. they were at so so they were talking about breaking this open like breaking the story it was all about oh my god i can't believe well, this no because when they asked Craig T. Nelson about like where he wants to go with the goal here. He makes a very good point to say, I don't give a shit what you do. Find my goddamn daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which his motivation now is like, well, if just finding your daughter was a thing, like, shit, man, like call the cops, the church, uh, the president, why not <laughs> while you're at it? You can prove that there is a supernatural existence that stole your daughter. There's no denying it. You just walk into a fucking bedroom and see shit flowing around. Mm-hmm. I just don't buy that you're just like, well, we got to keep this under wraps. Yeah, it's about the only part that's hard to swallow, I think, about yeah. the story is that, yeah, why would, why wouldn't you freak out and, but I and will... shout it from the rooftops? I don't know, though. Doesn't that kind of speak to Craig T. Nelson and the wife's like characters, though? Well, what are they trying but to hide? But in different ways. What are they trying well, to hide? That, well, I understand like, in, in like a normal ghost story, he doesn't want to hide. He's, crazy. He's try- yes, I think he's trying to hide it because... He lives in the lives and works in this neighborhood. Like, like his reputation, I think, is is might be kind of pretty important in this neighborhood. And he doesn't want to. At this point in time in the film, I don't think he necessarily is ready to just give up what he's worked for here for and, your daughter and, and the wife. And the wife, she's just entranced by the fact that there is something supernatural that's real going on. And I don't know if she really wants to but share these that. These are all not riskable things for your, the life of your daughter. I understand that. Yeah, I understand that aspect, but yeah, I don't know. For me, it's like I can kind of see what the director was trying to. Yeah, that, that's get sort of the one thing where I was kind of like, I don't know yeah. that I'm making this connection. Do you here. think that maybe they thought people would think they were crazy, and so they're well, like, they had that we know one we're moment, not. We yeah. need to figure this out before we blow it open because people are going to think we murdered they, our they child. Had, they already had one minute, one one moment with Ben. You know, the next door neighbor, and that went right. terribly. Yes, I, and I agree with that, but the the scene right after that where the paranormal people go up into the bedroom and Craig Dean Nelson is just, and the guy is, is fucking, fucking hysterical. so funny. Dude. I saw a car drive for fucking like, it you know, seven, seven hours. It took seven hours. Seven hours for what? And Craig Dean Nelson moved seven feet. Fucking face is like, oh, really? Huh, That's yeah. cool. And okay. he opens the door. It. It, it it leads me to believe that Craig P. Nelson has established that this is reality. This yeah. is the new real. Can I? And that he knows other people can see it. He's he's not afraid that this is going to make him look crazy. He's certain it's going to make him look sane. And yeah. that's the crazy thing. Yeah. Yes. Can I tell you what a great shot? One of my favorite shots in the movie when that door opens and it pulls in on them, like stepping up to the doorway, like just like holy fuck. Yeah. This oh, room yeah. is like it's, on fire. It's so basically. funny because it's just so set. It's set up so well. Like from from when you first meet these characters at the university. And like they're that they're, they're very they're very subtle about what they're talking about. They're they're kind of referencing back to like these minor events that have happened, and it, it just it pays off so well because he just opens a door and a, a lamp screws itself into a lamp shade <laughs> and then turns on and it's just like and it's just it's punctuated by that joke like seven hours for what for the car to move across the floor, oh okay he thought he had some breakthrough and, and then it's like even it's even pounded home. And then the following scene when they're at the dinner they're at the table having tea and like the lights start flickering and the guy like snaps it and forgets to take the lens cap off like we got to be a lot faster around here. No, dude, <laughs> the the best is when she's like, "Well, we can't say it's haunted," and then the coffee pot just moves across yeah. the <laughs> table. Like, 
It's so it, dude. Some great really again, good. yeah, some great comedy in there mm-hmm. with the with the scares too. Yeah. And I know I called them the the Ghostbusters B team, but Doctor uh, Lesh and uh, Ryan and Marty, um, they are awesome. They too, really are in this movie, especially Doctor Lesh. Oh. I, I love the relationship between her and the mother. Mm-hmm. Oh like, yeah, it's very it's maternal. Because again, this is another great thing about the character. You get the point that Doctor Lesh is like. Okay, I want to capture this on camera because I think it'll make me famous. But you don't resent her because you also think that she's trying to help the family. Yeah, like yeah. you realize that like it doesn't have to be one way or another with her. Well, I never got the no. I never got the sense that it was like this is gonna make me famous. I I got the sense more so that she's just like this is this is like validating me wasting a lot of my prime years as a psychologist yeah. on 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 silly ghost stories i think as she puts it in in, in it in, in the film so i i got a, a huge sense where she's just like i think she's kind of happy and kind of reserved to the fact that she's at least being present I, for these that's, activities that's there but i think she also takes a character switch too from when that door opens and they see that she flips and she's turns into that I feel like maternal person in the in the film for this family, especially for the at least for the parents. Definitely because, for the little boy too. I mean, yeah. she she talks a lot. It gets very existential because with him. She she just goes, "Holy fuck! What this family has been through is is real." I I agree with you, but I don't think that was the moment. The moment was the first communication to the TV. She actually has like a she she's more startled in that scene than she is after seeing shit fly around, and she's more. She definitely switches gears and becomes more of switches maybe more to her psychology background, and she's more like yes. kind of comforting and and like you're saying maternal she, to the family. She stops debunking yeah. at that point. The skepticism is no longer, and and because Marty and Ryan still have it. Yeah, which makes no sense. No, they even know. they even still have it. They even still have it. Like when the fucking all like the Titanic lets out. And all the all the ghosts are walking down the stairs. Yeah, and yeah. they still are like, nah, I don't <laughs> know. It's where, well, maybe we should check to see if yeah. there's an electromagnetic pulse in the basement or some shit. Yeah, like there is a point where <laughs> you guys watch the show Medium. No, no. Ah, oh, fuck. Anyways, <laughs> it, it's about a girl that's a medium. She sees ghosts. She works for the cops. She always solves a mystery. And every week for fucking seven seasons, this girl consistently solved the crime because she was seeing ghosts. And yet her husband, every single time, always like, played this rational kind of <laughs> like, season five, well, honey, you never know. Maybe it's not a ghost this time. Maybe it's uh, just your imagination and things are getting out of hand. I've solved 350 <laughs> it's a ghost crimes, asshole. Every I'm a time. ghost. <laughs> like, and I, I did get that impression where I was like, Come on, guys. Yeah. You're being too skeptical at this point. Yeah. You saw a fucking ghost fly out of a goddamn yeah. ba- like bedroom. Well, I wasn't so much that I've sensed like a skepticism. It was like it was almost like a lack of like alertness. Like, for example, yeah, like what you were just saying, right? Like the ghosts are coming down the stairs and he's not even paying attention. He's just like drawing the sketch. But then I yeah. did wonder, does the sketch have something to do with what's manifesting? Because it showed the staircase and like a spirit coming yes. down the staircase. That's the next scene that takes place is all these spirits coming down the staircase. And then I was also wondering why did this guy's face melt off? Like what about his character made that manifest? As yeah, there a- was definitely a, an impression that I got that um, 
the uh, the the visions that they were saying were somehow based in some sort of like it knows your fear on those yeah, people and it shows you like a subliminal kind of uh, right. attack parents losing their it kids is, it, no yeah that is in there and the thing too is like so poltergeist which they explain in the film is not so much like a haunting is is at more of a place poltergeist is activated by a person mm-hmm. which is my impression that I get is Carol Ann. Yeah. Yeah. She I responded just, to it. I just can't figure out why it's happening now. Well, because she was we find yeah. out we we find out when when Craig goes up to the 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 other cemetery plot <laughs> that is up on the hill that they're going to fucking build over again for phase 4 cuz you know, why not? You got a window. You, you got to do phase 4. Um, you find out that that she was she was born in the house. Yeah, I was growing up. I always thought it was because they they started well, digging the, the pool. Point that isn't she one of the first kids born in that neighborhood? Isn't yeah, it's something weird that? like that. Well, I mean, I, it's the first think, little hint, but I think the way that I took it is why is it happening to them? It's something we talked about earlier as we re reference back to the mom and her saying that she used to have really weird episodes where she would sleepwalk. And maybe it's hereditary type of thing. So I think they were like maybe trying to, in a subtle way, tell the audience, well, it's not happening to her because it kind of, there's some history of like weird nocturnal activity happening in on her side of the family. And maybe the, the little girl just is becoming more susceptible to it also because she was, you know, she was like one of the first kids born in this neighborhood on top of this fucking cemetery also okay sorry sorry, god we might be on the same track they explain or zelda rubenstein explains how strong her life force is and that the spirits are attracted to it when she's on the other side because it's so strong it's like a blinding light and it distracts and and lets the beast distract the other the other lost souls from crossing over crossing so i'm thinking she has this strong life force a strong connection that it is naturally attracted to but also hold on sorry because you didn't catch also (laughs) what 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 the other one also is that like of all the people in the family that would be most deserving of a curse like the father is a representative of the very company that Buried over this, desecrated that the... desecrated these these graves. So like, there was a part of me that also kind of was like, and like in a weird kind of like justifiable way, mm-hmm. right? Like these ghosts are kind of like. Plus, I think don't they have fuck the f- your family? You fucking destroyed. They also my have the life. first house. Yes, they live yeah. in the very They're first the one house. That thing. He's a guy and who's also broke but, ground but there. Even even that 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 conversation on the hilltop, which can I also say, like gave me, we were talking about religion earlier, like gave me sheer biblical. Thoughts of like uh, uh, Satan trying to tempt Jesus on top of the mount, like oh, okay. and looking down on everything mm-hmm. and saying like you you helped create like you created all this, you could take control of all of it as well. Interesting. Like it definitely felt like a, like a, like a Bible thing, oh. but um, uh, in that scene, you really get that impression too that like especially when the the boss says like, of course I'm going to give you this great house, like you helped me create everything down here. Yeah. That he's like partially very responsible, yeah, yeah, for this grave being desecrated to begin yeah. with. Yeah. So he's like in a horrible way, like he's kind of like, well, okay, kind of deserved a little bit, th- unbeknownst to him though, because yeah, his his job was literally just to sell the homes within the subdivision, and he did most of the selling. Yes, whereas this other guy was obviously in charge of the land and what Absolutely. happened to it. Right. So he was tra- er, he was not told, you know. But Do but you- yes, I agree that maybe because he was the first one. 
His daughter has a strong energy. Like these spirits it's like a combat, are attaching. Like a perfect storm of shit happened to this family. Exactly. <laughs> when you say when you say strong energy, do you, are you thinking the same way that I'm thinking? I actually think that she is like a clairvoyant or a medium or or something like like that. Don't that, they touch on that in the sequels? That Carol Ann is. I don't. Yeah. I don't know because I, I really they, would just watch the first one. They <laughs> do to some extent. They definitely. The girl is special. Yeah. I think is is the overlaying theme, but again, like the mom. I agree. Like the mom, kind of well established. Like, know why the from the beginning for that. Yeah, I just don't know why it's happening at this point. Yeah, like yeah, right. I I, agree. I always I don't know I why. always took it as as because they started to dig up the pool, which got them closer to the graves and digging up that, the bodies and being discovered. Mm, yeah, you don't I think there's other too. pools in that neighborhood. I always took that as a child. That's how I uh, how I uh, took you it. You know what? I actually while watching this, it actually occurred to me and it, it made me think like, I wonder how many other neighbors have like a diving pool because it's not just a pool; it's a diving pool. So it's a yeah, deeper it's, it's a deeper dig. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe mm. there's. I think there's a. I but think it's. I think honestly, it's all of the things that we're bringing up right now. I think it yeah. is just this perfect shitstorm that causes the cause spirits to be like, all right, I'm mm. fucking done. Mm. This what, is interesting because I'm trying to think of when the weird shit started happening. Yes, right before you know she starts, she hears voices talking to her from the TV. We can't hear them as an audience member. But like she's responding to questions that are being yeah. asked, and then the next day the bird dies, yes. and then the bird gets buried. But then you see when they start digging up the pool, the bird gets un. You know, so maybe yeah. you're and right. Maybe like just the digging. Another, can I just say another Spielberg yeah. like like foreshadow that I've never seen in any other film. Yeah. Is it's like, like oh, it's just like the the bird's grave got dug up. Nobody so gives is, a shit yeah. about the graves in this movie. Yeah. Not even the bird's fucking grave. <laughs> God, <laughs> but they're totally just foreshadowing the fact that that that's going to be the the, yeah. the big kicker. Yeah. Which I'm sorry, were you done with your point? I, yes. I feel bad. Yes, I think so. Like, um, one of the things I didn't like about this film a little bit is like the way the ending happens in oh. such a rapid, uh, weird way. Like everything oh, else is very very subtle. Right, and then you have this false ending. Yes. Right, and then you have the second house ending. Is clean. Which also, yeah. Can we jump on that just real well, quick? Well, yeah, we'll get into yours, and then let's go uh, but, chronologically. Yeah. That, because <coughs> that also made me question her, because I'm like, because she says this house is clean, well, and it's like, well, no, it ain't. Well, I think this is what I think because I was thinking about this scene as well. I think this goes back to her the the initial conversation of the. Other woman, the the parapsychologist, where she when she's explaining the difference between a haunting and a poltergeist, I think that it the this house is clean is like a yes and no statement. I don't think that this woman quite recognized the fact that the house was built on a cemetery. You know what I mean? I feel like a lot of the energy that was core targeting Carol Ann was cleaned, but all of that negative energy in the ground still existed. You know what I mean? Because after that episode's done, that we get the false ending, it doesn't target just Carol Ann anymore at that point. It targets the entire family at this mm-hmm. for, for that I point actually forward. Almost question if it targets the whole neighborhood. It pretty much targets everyone living yes. in that area. It goes that's the uh, that's the part of the movie we're talking about things we don't like. I I wasn't a big fan of that final scene where it just, where, it just where, feels where like the caskets, caskets are just yeah. firing out of the ground it, it just, and shit. Oh, it, just like, style. it just increases the it. volume real quick to 10 mm. rapidly and then also like that's 
So everything I love about this film that we've been talking about, like the drama, like the great acting and stuff like that, it quickly kind of turns into melodrama, especially when Craig T. Nelson confronts his boss for the first time and says, you know, you didn't fucking replace the bodies, did you? You just buried all over, you know? Yeah. You and only he makes, moved the headstones. You only made that. Like, it's such a really, like, overly dramatic. It's pretty dramatic, yeah. Yeah, like, where I kind of felt like, Okay, we've gone from like the thing I liked about this film, which is like this realistic response to things, to uh, it just felt like when how P.T. Anderson ends uh, Event Horizon. I don't know. I still feel like <laughs> just <laughs> straight chaos. I feel like massive action. Yeah, I yeah. feel like I feel like the 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 end is chaos, but I like, it, but I still feel like the characters are grounded because like when the sister shows up and she just starts screaming, "What's going on? What's going on? What's going on?" Like yeah, over I mean, and over again, freaking out because yeah. caskets are like again popping out of the ground like whack-a-moles, but in a very cool style. I like the way it's done. There's lightning like, coming from the inside of the I house. I also love the, <laughs> the I, house collapses I also into love a the ball. character choices of. When she falls in the pool and all the 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 caskets start popping oh, open, yeah. right? And the neighbor grabs her and she tries to grab the neighbors in the house, but the neighbor wife will not let him go. And no. but he wants to go. I don't Which know. I feel no, bad. They neither I of them know. wanted to help. You they were too so? scared. I no. felt like he was gonna go. In I felt like he was gonna go. Like no, he was gonna go until he heard the sound. Yeah, yeah. it's just like. I'm out. I felt like he was going to go in in this fashion. Like, well, I have to go in because I'm the man. And then when his wife said, no, you can't go in, he was like, I can't go in. Yeah, that's kind of how <laughs> I, I, I wish yeah, I the, could. The boss said so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just like, I feel like this, it just the ending feels least, the The ending to me felt, honestly, if we're going to go back to the Spielberg versus Hooper debate, okay, the lend, ending feels the least Spielberg of this movie. It, it feels like... It feels like he was busy on ET and wasn't there for those final scenes because to what you're talking about the the way the way the characters are acting the way the way they're they're direct I mean the only scene that feels like it is when Beth is that her name no uh, that's Joe, she's Joe Beth she the is mom? Joe Beth Williams no 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 but... the daughter the teenage daughter when she gets there and oh, she's doing that why that's the one part of that whole scene that feels very Spielberg and maybe the lingering shot yeah. of. The owner of the whole, uh, the whole, you know, the whole neighborhood, him just watching this house crumble in front of him and realizing what he's done. Yeah. Like those two scenes feel separate from everything else that's happening at the end of this movie. And it's really weird. It, it has a weird tone shift. It, 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 it just like, what? let's talk about the ending. It's just the, the family gets in the car and says, fuck it, let's go now. Yeah. yeah. And the house implodes, which is just the opposite of exploding, guys. Yeah. Well, I have this is just the opposite of a Michael Bay, even, but like in the implode. same intensity. It's not even an implosion. <laughs> it didn't like fall on itself. The house gets sucked into itself yeah. into a ball the size of a marble. Into and a it's bag. just like it kind of like it just seems like that's that's weird. You the went, bigger problem for me is yeah, not is not necessarily problems. that they just flood the house because uh, yeah, I mean they were already packing up. They're already moving out anyway. Yeah, they that, were moving. That's the problem I have right there is they just experienced the most terrifying fucking week of their lives in this house, and they're all in their PJs in their old bedroom. Like I'm gonna go take a bath, close the door, be away from my children because it's safe now. Like everybody's feelings are just better, like so they don't fear anything, and it's like. 
Really? You're like, not me, dude. I would have been out of that house immediately. If I had that situation happen to me and I even moved to one house and then another house after that, I'm still a never nude throughout that entire two years. (laughs) (laughs) There's no way I'm getting naked. This woman is so quickly just like, I'm going to take a bath. Take a long, hot bath. Take a bath? In water, what can kill you? No, I'm not yeah. doing that. I'm scared for my life. Yeah, I, I I'm with you, Chris. I I've said I, I've said this my entire life from watching horror movies. The moment like an object moves in my in my vision, <laughs> I'm like, well, it was nice owning all that stuff. I'll <laughs> yeah. never be back here again. Where's like, the gasoline can? <laughs> it's time to burn this fuck down, dude. My I say the same joke every time I watch this movie, and it's when uh they bring. They, you know, they bring the parapsychologist into the house, and Craig T. Nelson's showing them around. He's walking up the stairs, and Robbie comes running in, and he's like, "This is Robbie. He sleeps with us now." And every time he says that, I'm like, "Yeah, because he's gonna need years of fucking therapy yeah. to get over this." <laughs> yeah, and it's oh. like they don't though at that end until like the actual also, actual ending. Also, how long did it take for his nose to heal? Robbie, did anybody else notice that he got like a weird wound? Yeah. He only got one wound from, from that tree. tree swallowing three quarters of him and the one wound was on his nose and it just was like a gnarly scab, open scab the rest of the film. No, he had a lot of jelly on his face though. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I do want to talk about one other scene that actually seems out of place in this film and it's um, not not the construction workers uh, hitting on the daughter, but the scene where the mother comes in and that guy is like, uh, is he Drinking, uh, he's drinking her coffee, yeah. uh, eating her food, eating her chili. Yeah, yeah and like violating her kitchen. It's a real like, <laughs> like weird home improvement moment. Yeah, like, what like, are you doing, Norm? Yeah, I, hey, what are you doing there, Billy? Like, you know, it just seemed like a really weird scene where I was like, this is really over the top and comedic for. I didn't hate like, it. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't hate it. I and I didn't feel like from the rest of the film. Give it a two, Mike. God, I didn't feel like it felt different though. Because, like, at this point, we're still, you have, yeah, to me, like, looking at that scene, that whole scene is establishing family dynamic if we haven't established it yet. You have, you, you know, you have Craig T. Nelson's character. He's on the phone. He ties the fucking phone cord into his Dude, tie, so which is hilarious. <laughs> the the kids going back and forth, egging each other on, throwing food at each other ask and stuff. Dad, ask Dad. It's like this sort of, it's this lighthearted, almost wacky moment I mean, for this yeah, family. Like... And then she comes in and he's eating out of the, it reminded me a lot of the money pit for some reason, that scene. I and got some Burbs vibes on this movie, Dude, too. I did too. It just got me the impression where I was just like, oh, there's old Harold eating my chili and trying Trying but to sexually I, yeah. molest my daughter yeah. again. <laughs> Checking out my do- my, my thirteen no year old. But what it what works great what <laughs> works great about it is that helps that I feel like that scene along with the other ones I mentioned helps set up this sense of normalcy, which is immediately followed by the chairs stacked in the most disturbing yeah. fashion possible, <laughs> and just like uh, what the what fucking movie am I watching right now? I don't even know what tone it is. You know? Yeah. Well, they get in all the while she's staring at a fuzzy TV screen, like very intently. What an amazing joke, by the way. Oh, <laughs> what did she say? That's, that's really ba- bad for your eyes. That's, no, she says it's bra- bad for your brain or oh, something, yeah. and she clicks it to a war documentary. Yeah. Just, <laughs> that's better, I guess. I will say that Carol Ann may be one of the freakiest kids ever, too. I don't yeah. think she's that she's scary. Cute. She's, she's, uh, she's a cute, cute kid. She's cute, uh, but when she turns the creep on, 
She's I thought creepy. she was. I don't ever creepy. feel like she had a She's creepy a, 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 yeah. moment. I don't really either. I never movie. village of the damned vibe. Yes, yeah. maybe in the really? second one she might have more creepy moments, but not in this one. She's fairly innocent, and and I feel like she just plays that innocent as innocent as possible is what they were going for, with the big like you know eyes and the the bangs, the children of the damned bangs or whatever. She, th- she really doesn't have a lot of lines. Like no, no, she does have that touchy moment with the bird though. And it's funny when she catches the mom trying to flush a bird. She's just like, <gasps> that is, "Yes, but the perfect yeah, kid, that's a great move. That's perfect a great scene. kid yeah. reaction. It's so, such a realistic thing that would happen. Like, oh, yeah. and I love the mom. She's like, oh, Tweety, oh shit, couldn't she yeah. have waited till school, <laughs> dude? Perfect though reaction as soon as they get done burying that bird. Can I get a goldfish? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, Can so I just great. say something? I know exactly what you're talking about. I've seen kids act like this. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when you just—it's not that the kids are being mean. It's just like they have no concept of death. Yeah, yeah. And they—that's exactly. It's how like this act. big thing. She packs certain stuff yeah. in there with it. They say the farewell, and it's just like on to the next thing. Yep. And then she gets a goldfish. And she does have a goldfish. She goldfish. Well, and so then, you, that's the other thing too that makes me think that she has powers because she. It, she's like they say they're hungry or something. There's a line like that where she's like acts like she can hear what the fish are saying or thinking. Right. Yeah. No, I didn't get that. That's at why all. she's feeding them so uh, much. I, get I know what all. you're talking about. I don't know if I agree with it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know what you're talking maybe about. Maybe a slight hint. Yeah. I know. I know what you're trying maybe to sell, s- but I'm not buying it. Maybe a sequel or two <laughs> coming. <laughs> maybe or two. Exactly. Or, or two. I would, maybe one of them takes place in a parking want, garage. I do want to talk about the uh, the charm I, you, of of the very end of this film when they they finally arrived to the oh yeah the, the hotel number one if i was a hotel manager i would not check these people into a room uh they looked like they just went through fucking a boot camp uh drill there's like blood there's mud there's just everything <laughs> there's literally everything all over them so that's the best ending in in in, it does. in a in a, in a, in a in a like a haunted house type movie though i know what you're you're going to bring up and they just like walk in oh, they're all disheveled and just like tired and exhausted they walk into the hotel room the door closes and then like the door opens back up and Craig T. Nelson pushes out a TV yeah, and puts it out on the balcony, and then the credits start to roll. And two thoughts went through my head. I was like, "That's so fucking charming." And my next one was like, "I hope no one steals that TV because they're gonna charge." His well, account. it was. It was, it was <laughs> I thought that, <laughs> I had a similar yeah. thought. I was like, "You know, you get charged for that. It's raining right yeah, now. The thing's, <laughs> the thing's destroyed. <laughs> totally right." But I also was like, in my mind, I was just like, "Yeah, if if I was him, like I'd do the same thing. I'd like look, take one look at the TV. Like, nope." Yeah, I love the ending of this film. It really is. And great, I would say a great theme song. I like the theme song. Oh, the and I like that it was Karen Land's theme song. The thing, the yeah, the yeah, because I feel like it, it, it's her song. It is, is and, and I yeah. liked it. What I liked about it is I was listening to it the most I've ever listened to it, and it's like it's it, for for a horror movie. I think it's written in like major key, so it's got this really happy, uplifting Dude, kind of soft vibe to it, which it's is a fucking Spielberg film, right? <laughs> which is so weird because like a lot of soundtracks, like from horror movies, you think about Exorcist. It's like it's always like minor key to kind of yeah. incites this sense of doom and and sadness, and, and you know what I mean. And it's just like it's such a contrast to to everything that's happened to these people up to this point. Another small detail, uh, similar. I, I really like the text that they use for the credit. It's in the beginning. Like I like that white outline text. I feel like it's very iconic to this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Can we talk about something <laughs> real quick? I know you're not going to review this. Uh, ghost 
coming out when the mother fucking runs to the bedroom and that weird like the dog thing, dog thing. Yeah, fucking yeah. great. The That's guardian, terrifying that thing is a terrifying ass thing. Guardian yeah. of the she beast. She gets her ass kicked at the end, man. She and, gets and thrown around. That like, shot uh, yeah. when when it pulls down the hallway and it elongates. So it, cool. That's a great shot where that she's running. I love like, she. You can see she like she picks up some fucking speed too. And that's the best part of that scene too, because and it's again like a very subtle thing, right? Here's what I gather from that scene: it fucking pulls the the thing. You think she's it's going to be this shot where she can never reach the door, yeah? Mm-hmm. And she runs as fast as she can. She gets to the door, yeah, which gives you the impression that like her willpower alone like defeated. Yeah. The love of her children. Yeah. Like, it was just this weird moment where I was kind of like, yeah, man, I don't, yeah, know. That first, I don't know how you beat the ghost Her, her now, first couple of go. steps, the door kind of continued its its kind of growth. And then, yeah. and then there's an obvious moment where the door stops and she, like, she like books it. She starts sprinting and she just, she hits that door. And it's a really great, and you're right, a they very They don't talk about scene. it, but the, what, the only thing I can imagine is that the love of her kids out weighed the power of these ghosts. Yeah, you think so? To fuck with, like, reality. Yeah. Like, they're like, we can't fight against this. Can't fight against love. Can't fight against love. We did say we would talk about the curse at the end, and we haven't talked about it. This film is believed to be cursed because of the deaths of a couple of cast members. Well, yeah, like a lot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Too many. And the fact that they used there's only two real, real cadavers, which I think I don't know if that's been debunked or not. I don't know. That was, well, uh, that that came from the actress, um... That was like her. That was that was her statement on it. She, yeah, she's like, "This like is what real, happened." Like, that sounds like a real Spielbergian thing to say to get your your actor. Yeah, that sounds like something Toby character. Toby Hooper is like, "Get real skeletons." No, yeah, I don't know. Who no. knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Just sorry. I know that we we're gonna get to the end of the show soon. There's just so much to talk about because I also want to talk about the go back to the clown thing. I so the whole time my son was watching this film was just like, that clown is creepy. Like, that clown is scary, you know? And I didn't tell him about the clown scare. And I wa- I was watching him while he was watching the clown scare. And that kid jumped about 10 feet into the air. That is, man, because he, he, was, he, was, he was waiting. I could tell he was been waiting for it because he's like, this clown, they keep on showing this clown. This clown's going to do something. That's a creepy clown. Because every time they'd show it, he'd be like, that's... This I don't like this clown. <laughs> he knew probably, you know? clown, probably having and a clown nightmare. He, you know, I'm an adult and I've seen a lot of horror movies, so I can I can tell when a plus I've seen this movie a lot. Like I can tell when a false ending is happening. Yeah, so you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, and he doesn't. So he's like, house is clean, good to go. I see. And like that clown comes out and he was like, whoa! Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty fun I to actually, watch. Uh, pretty fun to watch. Thought that I got like a bad cut of this film because the way I always remembered it was the clown was. In the beginning, like me earlier. too. And then I was kind of like, I thought like we had missed it or something like that because mm. I was just like, that can't be right. They never pay this off. And then I'm like, oh, that's right. There was a second ending to this film, and it's and it starts with this freaky ass clown. I don't know why I always think the clown happens around the same time I as the always tree. Think that, yes, I feel like those are like sim- like at the same time or something, but they're not. <laughs> and it might another funny story. My grandmother had a Raggedy Ann doll. Uh, that right. actually is Annabelle, which is yeah. weird in an ironic way or coincidental way. But like she used to say that that would come to life and uh, punish me if I was bad. Dude, just your like in the movie Poltergeist. Yeah, your family's fu- your fucking family's scary, my, grandmother, my grandmother used to had, some had, a, had a furnace in her uh, house, and she would say that that was where Freddy Krueger lived because that happens in, in Nightmare on Elm Street. Wow. Two or three or whatever the fuck it is. Um, 
That my parents scared the shit. Family my, loved my horror. My entire family like weirdly loved horror and like would try to terrify <laughs> Is this me. It's all on it. your mom's side. No, my uh, my grandmother was on my curious. father's side. My mother was yeah on your mother's side. On your mother's, mother's side. That makes yeah. sense. On her, your mother on her own, <laughs> she was on her own side. My that, mother was on my mother's side yeah, of that, the yeah, family. That, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Anybody get like a Lorraine Warren feel from the lead parapsychologist lady? Uh, uh yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I will say that there was definitely like, oh yeah, like I'm, I mean, if I'm obviously Conjuring is based films. off real events supposedly, but like there was that feel of like, oh man, like this whole thing about a psychologist or uh, a psychic coming in that psychologists call because yeah. they can't deal with the mysticism part of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, it really did kind of say like, man, this film really kind of like inspired a lot of. Uh, uh, Homages, so to speak. It definitely pulled, probably pulled from some real life. Yeah, that was going on at the time. So let's rate this mamma jammer. Finally, we're finally getting to <laughs> it. What do you want to rate it? Dude? Real skeletons and another scene. <laughs> <laughs> let's Go start on. with Mike. Um. So yeah, man. Like, uh, seeing this as an adult man, such a different thing. And if anybody out there, uh, if they haven't seen this since they were a kid, uh, you gotta watch it now, man. There's a lot of layers to this film like an ogre uh or an onion or an onion uh that like you'll see now that i think you won't you you didn't see when you were a kid but on the negative side of that i think there's also a little bit where you're kind of like as an adult you might be like yeah maybe this isn't like again the ending for me is a little out of place seems a little weird there's a few scenes that are a little wacky um it's the only thing keeping me from a five so I'm going to give it a four and a half because I just think this film is a really fantastic. Um, but yeah, like you see it as an adult, there are just a few things where you're kind of like, all right, maybe it's 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 no E.T. <laughs> <laughs> Chris? Uh, you're right, Mike. There are definitely a few things in this movie that are like, okay, doesn't doesn't quite hold up. But uh, at the end of the day, I say I don't give a shit because I love this movie. I think this movie goes by super fast every time I watch it. Definitely has that classic Spielberg feel that we all love, that that kid adventure feel. But this is more on the horror realm. And God damn it, do they do a great job at, at making it scary. But they also take you through so many other emotions as well. It's a very well-written, well-paced, uh, well-done film. and and. You know, I just it just it's just a nostalgic feeling for me. Um, and I, I could I mean, there's so many things we could say about it. I feel like we've said a lot of them during this review. I'm giving this a five, five real skeletons. Um, yeah, it's it's probably, you know, oh God, I'm having such a hard time. It's probably with this. that picture that's up on your laptop. You know. Right? I'm having such a hard time. Like, there's things I could totally complain about. Like, I do, like, do you think there's some holes and there's some, like, the tree, you know, the tree is kind of a weird scene at the damn tornado and all that stuff. But, like, this movie still, still, like, creeps me out. And, and it's, it's just super well done. You know, if you haven't seen it yet, I highly recommend it. This is a five star. I might have to check it out. This is five star. Five skeletons in the pool. I might have to go check that movie out (laughs) you're talking about. Kyle! Yeah, um... You know, Mike, I was I, I I here's the thing, like I'm kinda there with you, but I agree there are some things, especially towards the end, where I think it kind of takes a slight tone shift. Um 
and I would be inclined to knock it down a half a point to a 4.5, but the reason I'm, I'm staying at a 5 for this movie is for the reason that there are subtleties that I never even noticed until I watched this movie, which actually, like, help build up the surrounding film, you know? Like, the, the, the actor's performances, like, it actually, like, had an emotional connection with me. Like, I felt so sad for this family that has to communicate to their daughter through a TV and go to the and resort to this team, this team of ghost hunters to try to find out what the fuck's even going on. And it's just such a powerful film. I, 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 I never realized how well this film was written and shot. And, you know, there's memories, there's memories of my childhood. This movie also scaring the shit out of me when I, when I first saw it. So, yeah, there are some stuff where I would knock it down because of the way the ending paces way too fast or feels out of place a little bit, but I'm with Chris. Like, I don't fucking care. This is a five. It's a great film. And here we go. Speaking of what Kyle said real quick with the parapsychologists and being ghost hunters, man, could you imagine, like, if your daughter got sucked into the closet and she's living through TVs and fucking the Roto-Rooter guys show up because this is their fucking hobby on the weekends. <laughs> yeah. And they open that door and they see shit flying around. You know, that's like literally ghost hunters. Yeah, I know. Show. Okay, yeah, I was making a joke right now. I thought for a second there, I was like, you making a ghost hunters joke? <laughs> I am. So, I was making a ghost hunters joke that you had to explain. <laughs> I don't know that everybody's seen ghost hunters. I've mentioned Which, ghost adventures multiple times on this show. I feel like, like more no people have seen that. ghost hunters than ghost, ghost adventures. Yeah, I agree. Really? Yeah. yeah. Man, ghost adventures Ghost hunters better. had like a solid run before ghost adventures even came on the scene. I mean, they were like seven seasons, but let's yeah. make it about that show. All right, so, uh, you know, Dude, it's a five. Come on, this is easy. Man. Fuck. Here's the bad thing about this is that now I'm the asshole, even though a four and a half is 99% better than any film I rate on this show. Now I'm the asshole by default that I fucking ruined a perfect score. No, it's not about perfect score. It's about yeah. how we how being we honest. responded to the film and being honest like we do no, in every movie. But I'm going to tell you right now, if we put this fucking thing up on Instagram... We're going to get two or three, like, fuck, Mike. <laughs> it's going to be like, cult film underscore Kyle? <laughs> That's me. <laughs> fuck, Mike. <laughs> no, it's, um, it, it, dude, this movie is just, it, again, it, it, it's break, it is breakneck speed, but you also know who everybody is, which is great. And uh, I don't see the ending the way that you guys do. I love the ending of this film. I like that it gets into chaos because this whole movie is just building, building, building the whole time. And it just never stops. This the, Whatever this, this entity is will not stop until apparently it just fucking blows up the neighborhood with caskets. <laughs> like, it don't give no fucks. Like, and, and the characters are just so relatable, so believable, and the camera work's fantastic, like, the music's fantastic, like, and again, yeah, nostalgia, too, grew up with this film, and are there th some things that don't hold up? Yeah, but that's also, I think, part of the charm of this film now, where it's at, as far as, like, this is can still be a scary film, even though some of the stuff doesn't hold up, like, that speaks volumes, I think, and... I think that's why it probably got a remake, but the the thing is, is like you're remaking a film where you're not going to be it. You had home run actors in every part in this film, and if you don't have that in a recast, it ain't going to be anything. All right, guys, that's our show for this week. But before we go, we got a shout out to do. Ka, yeah, we do have a shout out. We've got uh, this one's from Alia Haig. This the title of it says "Relaxing and Fun." Uh, it's a four star review. 
and it says, Really appreciate the diverse and sometimes deep convos you guys have about these films. Quite refreshing and always something new to know or think about with these films. Smiley face. Possible review requests. Barbarella, Dune, Hocus Pocus, or Harold and Maude. Well, I'm glad that we can help you out and already knew one of your requests. Hocus Pocus. We, we did, did that one. Uh, yeah. Two last, first Halloween. Last, first Halloween or two Halloween? Two Halloween? I think it was Halloween. the first Halloween we ever well, the did. First Halloween, first Halloween and two Halloweens ago. It's the same yeah. one, Cody. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> Everything you're saying is true right now. So you can go check that out at coldfilminterview.com. And I'm very up to doing And also, out. if you go to coldfilminterview.com, you can do the submit your film request in there. We have a, uh, there's a little thing where you can actually pick what you want us to rate it. What do you want us to rate the Mammoth Jammer? So. Go drop those in. Oh, you get to pick it. But yeah, no, thank you for that review. That's awesome. I like it. And we will look into some of those other films on there. Definitely. We've talked about a few of them. Yeah. Yeah, we have. So that's our show again, guys. Uh, You can follow Kyle. Ah! You can follow me on Instagram at coltfilm underscore Kyle. You can follow Chris at coltfilm underscore Chris on Instagram. And you can follow Mike at Mike Salustio on Twitter. All right, guys, you can follow me at VHS Collect on Instagram and Snapchat. That's our show for this week. If you're going to join a cult, make sure to watch good movies. We'll see you next time.